0: Hello everyone and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD, retired as a sergeant at a Manhattan North Homicide Squad. You know, folks, we're taking another look at, you know, when we talk about the Alec Baldwin shooting on the set of Rust. One of the big questions is, was that an accidental shooting? And because it was accidental, does that mean it can't be criminal, or can it still be criminal? Or are we just looking at a civil case? Now, there's been some movement in this in the last few weeks, not any earth-shattering things. There's been certainly no information from the district attorney's office uh, whether or not they will, in fact, prosecute criminally. But there's there's been information. There's been some movement. There seems to be these type of cases. They seem to have a lot going on in the media. You know, there's a lot of people talking, you know, early on, Alec Baldwin went, uh, went on TV and discussed, uh, his culpability, uh, probably against the advice of, uh, many attorneys, but he did it anyway. And, uh, that probably wasn't a, a smart idea, but one of the things I wanted to, um, to talk to you folks about was the statue in, in, um, New Mexico of manslaughter. And I'm just going to read it quickly. Manslaughter is the unlawful killing of a human being without malice. Voluntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed upon a sudden quarrel or in the heat of passion. Whoever commits voluntary manslaughter is guilty of a third-degree felony resulting in the death of a human being. Certainly, this does not qualify for that um, section of manslaughter. However, involuntary manslaughter consists of manslaughter committed in the commission of an unlawful act, not amounting to a felony or in the commission of a lawful act, which might produce death in an unlawful manner or without due caution and uh, circumspection. And that's where this certainly could fit. Um, When you talk about the crime of involuntary manslaughter involves a killing that occurs in the commission of some unlawful act of a felony, it doesn't fit there. But involuntary manslaughter involves killing that occurs while a defendant is engaging in a lawful but dangerous act without exercising due caution and circumspection. And that's where it fits in this case. That term, due caution and without circumspection. And that certainly could, there could wind up being criminal charges because of that part of the statute. Will they in fact charge criminally? You know, we have to wait till the investigation is over. The district attorney went on a couple of months ago, I'm just going to play a little bit of her when she spoke a couple of months ago on television and um, we're going to hear what she had to say. And um, she certainly didn't rule out uh, any criminal charges, but she also being very professional, she didn't rule anything in either. You know, uh, let me just see if I can get this roll in here. Um, sometimes I have problems getting these on the screen. I'm going to share the screen. There we go. Okay.
1: Lee
2: film shooting the santa fe district attorney is responding to what alec baldwin said in his exclusive
3: interview with our george stephanopoulos kaylee hartung has the interview you'll only see right here on abc this morning new fallout from george stephanopoulos's exclusive interview with alec baldwin
4: honest to god if i felt that i was responsible i might have killed myself if i thought i was responsible i don't say that lightly
3: The Santa Fe District Attorney, who could press criminal charges, reacting first on ABC News. You can see that he is devastated by what happened. I think that we could all see that he was not expecting that to happen, didn't want that to happen. For the first time, the actor describing the moment he shot Helena Hutchins.
4: I I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never, never. That was the training that I had. You don't point a gun at me and pull the trigger.
3: Baldwin saying he was following Hutchins directions during a rehearsal and never pulled the trigger.
4: And I cocked the gun. and go, Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? And she says, and then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer of the gun. The gun goes off.
0: It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled.
4: Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger.
0: So you never pulled the trigger?
4: No, 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 no,
3: no. The FBI examining that gun and the ballistics to see if they back up Baldwin's story. The DA saying it may be early spring before the investigation is turned over to her. There's no evidence that this was intentional. This was clearly an accident, but perhaps a criminal accident. Just because something is an accident doesn't mean that a criminal act didn't occur.
0: So there you go, you know, and the key, key words there are um, due caution and circumspection. Did he take due caution? And that is where the entire criminal case hedges upon. Did Alec Baldwin take due caution and circumspection? And one of the ways we could say that uh, he may not have is the fact that he never checked the gun. He was handed the gun by a gentleman named David Halls, who was the movie's assistant director. And David Halls handed it to him and said, cold gun. But that doesn't mean, because he said it, he was not the armorer, that he take it for granted that, oh yes, this gun is safe, it's a cold gun, because the assistant director said it's a cold gun. No, I think you have to check it yourself. You know, where there is liability and where is the responsibility, anyone that's ever worked and we've covered this before, worked with firearms, is that a firearm you should as long as you consider a firearm always to be loaded. And you would never point it in an unsafe direction and pull the trigger because horrible things can happen like what happened in this case. And those are some of the things that we spoke about. And again, we come back to the big question. Uh, was this an accidental shooting on the set of Rust? And in, in my opinion, I would say yes, but the district attorney said it better than everyone. Because it was accidental, does that mean that it's not criminal? And it certainly does not. It does not mean, and we discussed numerous times. And BB, yes, in the chat, I heard they also refused additional safety classes. That happens to be a fact. They did. I think one of the best demonstrations um, given was by this um, safety expert named Steve Wolf, who was on um, CNN, and the the big thing was um was it was it safe was the trigger ever pulled and we did test on that also with our um with our ballistics expert john Pellucci. and he came on our show and we demonstrated and this is um safety expert uh, steve wolf and i'm going to just play a little bit of what what he said
1: not plausible on a single action revolver, when you pull the hammer back, which is an intentional act, click, 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 click. Now the hammer is set. When you pull the hammer back and let go, as you can see, I'm not holding this. You know, the hammer doesn't go anywhere. When you press the trigger, which is, I'm going to do it with this finger so you can see what a minute act that is. It takes very little to press the trigger there. So option one. You know, he pressed the trigger, but it was such a minor press that, that, it, that he wasn't aware that he had, you know, ordered that signal from his brain. Or option B, he's holding the gun with the trigger to press. Now, on this gun, it doesn't matter which order you go in. You can either cock the gun and you can fire it with the trigger, or you can press the gun the trigger and then cock the gun. And if you release it at this point, it falls and the gun fires. So if, as he is cross-drawing, his finger is on the trigger, which he may have interpreted as just resting on the trigger, but with a one millimeter pull, that would be sufficient. Now he pulls the hammer back and then releases it. He doesn't have to press the trigger again if he's already got pressure on it in order for the gun to fire. And I think that's really a, a key point in this in this matter.
0: Two. I think that that was perhaps one of the best demonstrations by any ballistics expert on any channel. Uh, This one, uh, he just gave a very thorough, very clear cut. And it appears like you could probably have your finger on the trigger and not even realize it and pull that hammer back. And then not, not realizing that your finger's on the trigger. And once you let go of that hammer, the gun fires and it goes off. Linda Cosma, Thank you so much for the $10 super chat. Very much appreciated. I'm glad you're learning a lot from these demonstrations. It, uh, it, it's important to know, uh, you know, because a lot of these talking heads you, you hear on TV and other places, they really don't know what they're talking about. It's always good to have the experts. And this this gentleman here on CNN was uh, absolutely an expert. Um, but some of the things, that were uh, some of the new things we've been hearing also is that uh, you know, if you're ever involved in a criminal or a legal dispute or a criminal um, matter, you should not be going on television and talking about your lack of culpability, because that's um, that can be used against you, and it's going to be used against Alec Baldwin in both. If this becomes criminal, his interview with George uh, Stephanopoulos, snuffleupagus. It will be used against him in both a civil case and, and or a criminal case if, in fact, it occurs. And the husband, Matt Hutchins, the husband of, of Helena Hutchins, uh, was on TV this week talking about how much uh, Alec Baldwin's TV appearances, it seemed they almost seemed like infomercials to try to uh, clear him of, of all liability, how much they really upset him and how much he was not happy about it, you know, and it's, it's a, you know, it, it's, it's sort of a, a disgusting thing because, you know, when someone's trying to clear their name at the expense of your wife, who you just lost in a tragic, uh, shooting incident, it doesn't really, uh, help the people left behind. And that's why, as we said, these are going to gonna be criminal and civil cases with this. And let's hear what the, the, uh, Matt Hutchins, had to say this week.
5: In that moment, you have to remember the the shock we were in. And I spoke with Mr. Baldwin, and was just looking for a way through the storm.
2: Was did he seem distraught during that time?
5: There were a lot of emotions yeah. for sure on yeah.
2: both sides. Hutchins, who's filed a civil suit against Baldwin and other producers and crew members on the film, now expressing outrage with Baldwin's recent interview, where he says the actor shifted blame over the death of his wife, Helena.
4: I feel that, that, that uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. But watching him, I just felt so
5: angry, just so angry to see him talk about her death so publicly in such a detailed way and then to not accept any responsibility after having just described killing her.
2: He said, essentially, he felt grief but no guilt.
5: Almost sounds like he was the victim. And hearing him blame Helena in the interview and and shift responsibility to others and and seeing him cry about it, I just feel like Are we really supposed to feel bad about you, Mr. Baldwin?
2: So do you think that the the majority of the blame
5: lays on Alec Baldwin? The idea that the person holding the gun, causing it to discharge is not responsible is absurd to me. Every individual who touches a firearm has a responsibility for gun safety. But gun safety was not the only problem on that set. There were a number of industry standards that were not practiced and There's multiple responsible parties.
2: The suit, which alleges at least 15 safety practices were disregarded on set, claims there was a wider culture of cost-cutting that ultimately led to Helena's death. In a statement, Baldwin's attorney says any claim that Alec was reckless is entirely false. In your mind's eye, what does justice look like?
5: You know, we're pursuing justice every way we can. You know, with the lawsuit seeking to hold. Uh, accountable, the people who are responsible for Helena's death, which was totally preventable. In the end, you know, justice won't bring Helena back, but maybe the memory of her can help keep people safe and prevent something like this from ever happening again.
2: The American Film Institute, AFI, where Helena received a graduate degree in cinematography, established a scholarship in her honor. You feel her spirit in here at AFI? Oh,
5: she spent many hours here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, AFI has been wonderful. Uh, I also want her legacy as an artist to live. AFI has created the, the scholarship in her name. I think that's part of her legacy. You know, she would have been mentoring fellow female cinematographers mm-hmm. as a guiding light for others.
2: There's a beautiful inscription on her, I guess you'd call it a, it's a tombstone. What What is written there and why did you choose that?
5: So her light shapes our lives, keep chasing your vision.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, thinking about how her light just permeates our lives mm-hmm. and to be inspired and ambitious. Mm. Uh, and that really embodied her spirit.
0: So folks, you could see uh, when we talk about the civil case, there's people that have, that have been left behind, obviously, that the only way, you know, there's a companion criminal case and there's uh, undoubtedly is going to be a, a civil case. We don't know yet if in fact someone is going to be held accountable. For the criminal charges, and who, in fact, that's going to be. There's enough blame to go around. Certainly, um, Alec Baldwin, he was holding the gun when he says it went off. He, he pulled the trigger, as most of us uh, in law enforcement and most of us that have any ballistics experience believe. We believe that 99.9% of the time, a gun cannot fire unless you pull the trigger. And we all know that he denied pulling the trigger, but, you know, some, he's trying to get himself out from under it. And I believe that uh, there's mo- there's a much better chance that he, in fact, pulled the trigger than there is uh, any problem. Was there a problem with the firearm? I don't believe that. I believe that he pulled the trigger. And, you know, one of the, one of the problems they talk about on this case, and Matt um, Hutchins spoke about, Um, there was uh, at least 15 violations of industry standards. Whenever you're on a location, wherever it may be, and you see that the procedures are fast and loose and they're not held. See, one of the the places that we as NYPD police officers went to several times a year over our entire careers was the Firearms range in Rodman's Neck in the Bronx. And they prided themselves in the fact that no one had ever had accidentally been shot on that range. And you got to realize thousands and thousands of people had gone through that firearms range. And there's even instances in Rodman's Neck, officers have had heart attacks on the shoot, on the firing line. And when you got a hot firearm in your hand, that could be potentially dangerous. You know, crazy things when uh, when you're on the line and um, a bees are flying over your head and, and you have a gun in your hand and people start trying to hit the bee with the gun. That's not a smart thing to do, but you react sometimes, you know. So they'll tell you, if something like that happens, drop the gun to the ground. Do not wave it around and do not try to hit the bee with the, the barrel of your gun. I mean, it's, it seems like it makes a lot of sense at the time. What's, what's more threatening, a bee stinging your head or a bullet? Being shot into your head accidentally because you're trying to scare the bee away. So, as what I'm trying to get to at the firearms range, the um, safety procedures are drilled into your head from day one. Day one, drilled into your head. Point the firearm downrange, point the gun in a safe direction. Uh, when you're done shooting, do a visual and physical inspection of your firearm to make sure that it is in fact unloaded. Lock the firearm to the rear. Lock lock it to the rear so you, it lo- other people see it. They know that the gun... Lock the slide to the rear. They know that the gun is unloaded. All of these safety procedures are drilled into your head. Obviously, on the set of this film... Um, the safety procedures were not, they were fast and loose. They were not drilled into anyone's head. Um, some of the things that we have to look at, that they have to look at, that, that how was the gun loaded with a live round? That is, of course, a huge question. Who put that live round in there? How was it even in with the dummy rounds that were supposed to be put inside that firearm? How did that occur? Um, Why was the gun pointed at the cinematographer and fired, resulting in her death? Why did that happen? Uh, There certainly needs to be a thorough investigation in regards to that. Uh, How many procedures were violated on the set of Rust that, in fact, gave an environment, gave it out that the environment was fast and loose and that safety was not the number one priority of this movie set. Uh, Another tragic thing, the armorer who I just had her picture up on the screen. She was, uh, there she is right there. Miss Gutierrez Reed. She was the daughter of a famous Hollywood armorer. However, she was quite inexperienced. And in fact, They had found out through investigation that she wasn't the number one choice to be the armor on that film. The person who they had chosen, they weren't paying enough money. So he turned the job down. So they in essence got a cut rate armorer, which also in the perfect storm of what happened on this set resulted in the the death of uh, Helena Hutchins. Um, The assistant director handed the firearm to Alec Baldwin instead of the armorer. That's not supposed to happen. The armorer is supposed to hand the firearm to the actor, not the assistant director. So that was another uh, snafu there. Um, The actor, Alec Baldwin, never checked the firearm. When he was handed the gun by the assistant director, David Halls, David Halls said, cold gun, cold gun, which means the gun is safe. However, anyone that is ever handed a firearm never takes the word of another person. They check it themselves. And Mr. Baldwin should have checked it himself. And he, I don't think he'll admit to that. Uh, He kept saying how, oh, it was a, uh, it was a cold gun. And I took it that that was a safe gun. And, you know, but you know it's the whole thing uh, that old, old expression you hear it a million times from the day you're a little kid assume when you assume you make an ass of you and me, and that makes a lot of assent, a lot of sense. So what do we say we never ever assume? you know and uh, on the screen now is a, a picture of of Matt Hutchins there in, in his recent interview with Hoda copty and um so you could see this case is going in many, many different directions. There's a picture of a firearm like it. There's a picture of 45 caliber rounds. Uh, we were told that when a round is a dummy round, you can see that there's a hole drilled in the side as well as by the firing pin. So it's impossible. All, in addition, there's only enough there's no projectile inside it, which is uh, in layman's terms, the projectile is the bullet. So that it's a a dummy round is incapable of firing a projectile. Um, Well, live ammo was allowed on this set. That was another huge, huge uh, mistake. There should have never been live ammo on this set. And everyone that's involved in this investigation knows that that's an industry standard. There shouldn't be live rounds on a movie set. And uh, what you're looking at on the screen is the Santa Fe chief of police. And they're in conjunction with the FBI. They're conducting the investigation on this. And we'll find, we should find out in the next couple of months, if this case is going to be criminal and civil or just civil. And I think in a way, the, 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 the criminal, if they do charge criminally, and someone gets convicted or more of the facts come out during the criminal trial, it will actually help the civil case because all of the information that comes out in the criminal trial will be used in the civil trial. And I think civilly, many people, many people involved in this case are going to part with lots of money. Uh, I think Alec Baldwin is going to be sued. Personally, personally, Besides being, he'll also get sued as a um, as a producer, as a producer on this movie. But he's definitely going to part with some of his own money because I think, you know, we've been covering this case, and I think he is the most um, culpable person out of everyone on this set. And even though, in his interview with George Snuffleupagus, who's on the screen right now, he denied all culpability. Uh, you know, the Shakespeare said, you doth, you doth protesteth too much. And the more you protest, the more it looks like you're you're more and more guilty of being remiss in your duties, of being negligent. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. And if you're not subscribed and you're watching this, please go on our YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell. And you could also uh, support us by going on our Patreon. We have three different levels on our Patreon. And if you really want to help us out, go on our YouTube channel where we have five different levels. You can see the folks with the green font uh, in our chat. These folks are um, members of our YouTube family when we have five different levels. Marie Green, cut corners to get the film out quicker. Look what happened. You know, Marie, that old expression. sometimes expressions are quite brilliant. Uh, Pennywise, dollar foolish, right? We've all heard that from the time we uh, we got out of the Walker, you know? Uh, Alley Cat, yes, there were some reports that on this set, they were shooting live rounds at cans and bottles. And uh, maybe that was how that the live round was, in fact, introduced. Uh, Tina Kalani, Clooney criticized Alec for not checking. Alec doubles down saying, I never check a gun. Well, you know something? There's a statement that can be used in both the criminal as well as the civil trial. I never check a gun. That's brilliant. Uh, maybe you should have kept that to yourself. But that is, in fact, your responsibility to check the gun. And he never did check the gun. You know, they the family uh, of... And the hutchins also uh they made a, a a video of um of the incident it seems like a, lo- a little almost robotic but it's very effective and to show i i would think specifically they're going to show this in court they're going to show this to the jury uh whether it's a criminal or a civil trial i'll play a little bit of it here on the screen You can see the inside Baldwin of the church. And his
6: production crew were performing a lineup. A lineup is used to confirm where to locate and angle the camera. Industry standards required Mr. Baldwin to use a replica a rubber prop whenever possible. It was unnecessary for Mr. Baldwin to use a revolver for the lineup. Industry standards require Mr. Baldwin, as a producer and lead actor, to accept the revolver directly from or in the presence of the production's armorer.
0: See, folks, right there, they said it's it's an industry standard that he's required to accept the firearm from the production's armorer, which he did not do. He accepted it from the assistant director, which is a no-no for him. The deadly weapon
6: was safe. Mr. Halls was not qualified in weapons of safety. Mr. Halls did not look every round in the revolver's cylinder. Industry standards require that Mr. Baldwin personally perform or observe a visual inspection of the revolver to confirm it contained no.
0: You know, folks, I said that a million times. A visual and physical inspection of the firearm, which we as police officers were trained to do our entire careers. Mr. Baldwin to be trained and qualified in safe
6: handling and proper firing procedures before accepting the revolver. Mr. Baldwin refused weapons training on how to perform a crossfire the type of gun draw he was about to perform in the church. The first rule for safety with firearms on a production set required Mr. Baldwin to treat all firearms as if they were loaded and refrain from pointing a firearm at any. The industry standard required Mr. Baldwin to remember that any person or object at which he points a firearm could be destroyed. mr baldwin aimed the revolver and his cast and crew within a dangerous distance the captain crew were only four feet away from mr baldwin's weapon industry standards required mr baldwin to ensure any crew in the line of fire had protective glass or other personal protective equipment industry standards required remote operation of the camera if Mr. Baldwin ever aimed the gun
0: at the camera, folks. You could see that demonstration on the screen, and it's what it's depicting is a drilled hole in the side of the cartridge case, as well as near where the primer is. So there's no mistaking a dummy round from a live round. This is a very powerful um, video demonstration that's going to be used in court. And I think they purposely make it robotic because it has a sort of a, a hypnotizing effect on the viewer. So I take the gun and I start to cock the
4: gun. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I listen to these just cheat so. we'll it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And I cock the gun. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? I go that.
0: To that, I go. that little part of the video where the gun fires and you see uh helena hutchins shot and grasp her chest and go down and then the uh the director joel souza also getting struck in the in the shoulder very 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 powerful and i mean Also, when uh, Alec Baldwin was interviewed, he said – he was quoted as saying he thought she fainted. I mean, how ridiculous is that? You didn't hear the boom? A forty-five caliber round makes a very, very loud noise when it goes off. So him saying that he thought she fainted was just – doesn't pass the smell test, as they say. Ridiculous, really. Uh, You you thought that she fainted? No, you you shot her. You know, like he – that – that the sound he heard and her going down that didn't register in his brain that she had just got hit with a live round. I, I just I don't know if I buy that. Um, as we spoke about numerous times, I thought that the interview with um, George Stephanopoulos was it was almost like a, an infomercial for Alec Baldwin to try to proclaim his innocence. And as this case goes on, you know, we're going to find out in the next couple of months whether or not there's actually going to be criminal charges or whether it's just going to be a civil case. But this case will probably go on for years. And it's really, it's a tragedy. It's no doubt it's a horrendous tragedy. And uh, this family, the Hutchins family lost the young boy, nine-year-old boy. The son lost his mom. And Matt Hutchins lost his wife. Just a tragic, tragic situation, you know. And whether she was a great cinematographer, that really doesn't come into effect. She was a human being that lived and had a life. And there's a picture of Matt Hutchins and their little boy who's now nine years old. And just imagine the father having to go home and say, your mom uh, got killed at work. I mean... Just so so horrendous, you know. So, folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories, and uh, this is Coffee with Ken. And I do a, an earlier show, and I just wanted to sort of elaborate on this. I think there was a few things that, uh, not anything like smoking gun new stuff, but new stuff that I think we deserve to uh, pick up on and 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 stay current with. And I appreciate all you guys that come by during the day and listen. Uh, most of our shows, of course, we do. We do at night, but um, so, uh, guys. Again, we'll, we're going to keep you informed on this about what, any new um, happenings in the in both the civil case and the criminal case. And uh, until then, man, I just want to say again, thank you so much. Thanks for your support. Thank you for listening, and uh, have a safe day.
1: One episode, just